grog burger with extra cheese for table four. The plate of food was slipped across the polished metal serving pass. Tyler, table four. Rose Tyler had been miles away, remembering running hand in hand with the doctor across the luminous sands of Slavia. He'd promised her the trip of a lifetime. What had she got? A waitressing job in a sleazy 23rd century casino on New Vegas. He was going to get such a slap when she saw him. It's getting cold. Keep your hair on, Rose murmured, scooping up the plates. The kitchen doors slid open and she trudged into the casino, weaving her way in and out between the gamblers. It was a busy night, if indeed it was night. It was easy to lose track of time with no windows and no clocks. New Vegas at its best. Anything your heart desired, for the right price. When the TARDIS had first landed, Rose had been impressed. Vast hotels stretching into the sky, neon lights and holographic billboards the size of football pitches. This is what I'm talking about, Jack Harkness had announced as he'd stepped out of the police box. New Vegas voted most debauched destination more times than any other planet. I should know, I was on the judging panel for 10 years running. It's not a planet, the doctor corrected. It's a moon, barren one at that. Doesn't look barren, said Rose. Atmospheric bubble, said the doctor. 50 miles across provides a breathable atmosphere and weather to die for, 70 degrees all year round. Not that you'll spend much time outside, cut in Jack, flashing that dangerous smile of his. 3,000 casinos offering every pleasure known to humanity. Dancing girls, dancing boys, dancing creatures of non-specific gender. It's all here. Rose giggled. You're loving this, ain't you? The doctor leant against the TARDIS. What's not for him to love? Wall-to-wall indulgence and a few show tunes thrown in for luck. A city that never even heard of sleep grinned Jack, grabbing Rosie's hand. Come on, playtime! Playtime. Yeah, right. Serving greasy burgers to aliens with wandering tentacles. Hey, it's my favorite waitress, growled a voice. Rosie's heart sank lower. Standing beside table four was a hulking figure in a double-breasted suit. Its lips drew back into a rough smile, revealing large, razor-sharp canines. Rose flashed a fake smile. Evening, Mr. Wolfsbane. The sharply dressed alien looked Rose up and down. I've told you, doll, it's Cyrus to my friends. We are friends, aren't we? Sure, thought Rose. Best friends forever. Who wouldn't want to be mates with a six-foot-eight wolfman with vicious claws and a temper to match? Cyrus Wolfsbane, owner of the full moon, Al Capone with teeth and fur. Mayor Grissom thought he was never going to get his food, isn't that right, Tony? The fat bloke wedged behind table four raised a hand as if to say that it didn't matter. Sorry, sir. Rose placed the slop on the table. She just wanted to get out of here. Where was the doctor? Wolfsbane slapped a hefty paw on the mare's back. No harm done. On the house tone. Meet me in the lounge when you're done. I'm sure we can... Ah! Rose was blown off her feet by the blast. 
When she looked up, smoke was billowing towards her. All around, there was confusion as customers scrambled for the exits. Get the mare out of here! Wolfsbane barked. Was it a raid? The doctor said no one would dare touch Wolfsbane, the most influential crook in the city. That's why he got her the job, to find out what was going on at the full moon. Someone strode through the smoke, a tall figure sweeping through the chaos. Wide-brimmed fedora, obsidian black cloak billowing out behind. One of Wolfsbane's men rushed forward, gun up. The cloaked stranger lifted a leather-gloved hand. Cobalt's blue energy sparked from the newcomer's fingers, hitting the heavy in the chest, knocking him back. The guard was dead before his body thumped down beside Rose. He hadn't just been shot, he'd been desiccated. His withered corpse smoked, all sallow cheeks and wrinkled skin. A shadow fell over Rose. Stomach knotting tighter, she looked up, straight into a featureless mask. Justice will be served, the stranger hissed. There was nowhere to run. Looming over Rose, the masked man raised his arm, death-dealing fingers pointed at her. Screwing up her eyes, Rose waited for the blast. Justice for all. Doctor Who, Night of the Whisper, performed by Nicholas Briggs, with John Schwab as McNeil. Rose opened her eyes to see Wolfsbane leap at the stranger, knocking against the outstretched hand. The energy bolt sizzled over Rose's head, slamming into a zero-g roulette table. The masked figure twisted, knocking Wolfsbane across a bar. The stranger's body jerked as bullets knocked him to the floor. The casino guards surged forwards, the nearest glancing down at Rose. Get out of here! Rose scrambled to her feet. She saw the heavy tense and followed his gaze to see the stranger pick himself off the floor, arms raised like talons towards them. The heavy cocked his pistol. Run! As Rose turned, she felt a wave of heat, energy crackling towards Wolfsbane's man. A second later, his smoking body hit the floor. Rose ran. Since joining the doctor, she'd become very good at running. She ducked as another beam of lightning blasted overhead. Smoke stung her eyes, the sound of gunfire overwhelming. She couldn't remember which way to run. There should have been a fire escape a few feet from her, a way out. But she couldn't find it. Where was it? Then, from up ahead, a clear voice, familiar. A crystal-clear American accent. Rose! A strong grip pulled her forwards out of the smoke, confusion and death. Rose, it's Jack. You're safe. Was it him? Rose stared into the concerned eyes of Captain Jack Harkness. She should be used to this by now. Narrow escapes, mayhem, screaming. So much for the trip of a lifetime. Rose pushed Jack away. Yeah, it was him. The Whisper. He's still in there, slaughtering those people. We need to go back. Jack grabbed her arm. 
Not this time. The doctor said, observe, don't get involved. Find out what's happening. People are dying. I've been working with them for a month. Most of them were slime balls, but they didn't deserve that. Blue lights illuminated the alleyway. Hover patrol cars shrieking to a halt in front of the full moon. It's not our fight. Let's get out of here. See what the doctor wants us to do next. Jack started bustling Rose towards the boulevard that ran behind the casino. A police car slid to a halt, blocking their way. Jack glanced back. Cops had gathered at the other end of the alley. No exit. Burly policemen unfurled from the patrol car. Officers! Always glad to see men in uniform. He grinned, pulling faked credentials from his pocket. Jack Harkness, Daily Galaxy. A fourth whisper attack in two days. Care to give me a quote about New Vegas's favorite vigilante? Who is that masked man? The cop ignored Jack. You need to come with us, Mom. Jack stepped in front of Rose. She's done nothing wrong. Never said she had, sir, snarled the officer. She's a witness. Jack grabbed Rose's arm, but the officer shoved him back. Jack, leave it, she said. I'll go with them. Jack weighed up the situation. Okay. But if the words police brutality come anywhere near this... Rose allowed herself to be led away to the patrol car. roared off, Jack glanced up at the sound of smashing glass. The whisper leant out of a shattered window and, firing a grappling hook, swung into the night. Jack sighed. You've got a lot to answer for, Buster. I've got rights, you know, shouted Rose towards the giant two-way mirror that took up one side of the room she'd been left in. She'd seen enough law and order to know the setup, the mirror no doubt hiding a collection of nosy police. A door slid open, and a man entered, data pad in one hand, coffee in the other. This wasn't any old cop. This was Commissioner James McNeil, greying hair cut short, a clipped moustache nestling beneath a strong nose. He jabbed the data pad, and a hologram sizzled into existence above the table. Wolfsbane. How long have you worked at the full moon? About four weeks, she offered. Before that? Rose shrugged. We sort of travelled. We? I mean me. Uh, I travelled. Another jab of the data pad. The hologram shifted. Wolfsbane replaced by a slim, suited man in fedora, mask and cloak. Know who this is? Rose nodded. That's the whisper, the vigilante from the news. The man you saw tonight? Rose nodded. Miss Tyler, for the record. Uh, yeah, it was him. 34 dead. Casino employees, customers, local dignitaries. The mayor? Rose blurted. I was serving the mayor. The commissioner put the pad down. Mayor Grissom got out, as did you, our mystery traveler. Rose didn't like the sound of that. What do you mean? I've checked your records. You say you've been traveling. Yeah, it's my gap year. All the sights, San Caloon, woman wept, 
Raxacorica Fallopatorius? We've got no record of you passing through any spaceport. Rose smiled nervously. That must be a glitch. Happens, don't it? Files get deleted. Emails lost. Not on New Vegas. We keep track of everyone. To keep them safe. So they can enjoy themselves. Rose's smile faded. Sounds great. Really efficient. Yet you appear just days after this whisper makes his first appearance. Coincidence. Rose shrugged once more. Just lucky, I guess. Come. I said come in. The door opened to reveal a tall man wearing a battered leather jacket and holding two polystyrene cups. Ta! The newcomer said, a grin spreading across his angular features. No spare hands. He breezed past the commissioner and thrust a cup towards Rose, who was desperately trying not to smile. Tea, the man said. McNeil rubbed the back of his neck. Miss Tyler, this is... Inspector George Dixon, the newcomer announced. New, 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 Scotland Yard. From Earth. Oblivious to the commissioner's glare, Inspector Dixon plonked himself on a chair opposite Rose. I'm helping the locals investigate this whisper bloke. Saw him, didn't you? Rose leaned in. Yeah, at the club. Dixon mirrored her. Fantastic. What was it like? I was asking Miss Tyler about her life before New Vegas. We don't have any records. Of course, silly me. The inspector clicked his fingers and snatched up McNeil's datapad. His fingers ran across the touchscreen for just a few seconds. Founder, full rundown of Miss Tyler's movements for the last five years. He passed the pad to McNeil. Must have been a glitch. Happens, doesn't it? Files get deleted, emails lost. But she has a link to the whisper. She does? Asked the inspector. He attempted to attack her, nothing more. We don't know that. I do. Checked her records twice. The inspector leant forward, hitting a button on the pad. As you can see, Miss Tyler had a problem on Gratchik Major. Need to talk to her about that. McNeil's shoulders sagged. In private? Earth business. We'll need a full statement. Leave it to me, Chief. McNeil turned and stalked out of the interview room. Rose went to speak, but the inspector shook his head. He slipped his hand into his jacket pocket. That's better. Don't want any eavesdroppers. The doctor grinned widely. Hello, Rose Tyler. A few minutes later, the doctor escorted Rose from the precinct. What are you like? She complained. You're as bad as Jack. Oi! The doctor replied. Playing cops and robbers? Who's George Dixon anyway? What do they teach you in schools these days? The doctor grumbled, turning up the collar of his jacket against the driving rain. Thought you said it was always sunny, said Rose. It's supposed to be, the doctor said pulling out the sonic screwdriver and taking a reading. The atmospheric bubble handles the weather. No need for rain. All water comes from the ice lakes under the surface. The entire matrix must be on the fritz. Rose wasn't letting him get away with this. Ultimate pleasure planetoid, you said. What do you expect me to do? Turn and look the other way when innocent people are reduced to desiccated husks. Not my style. 
innocent. Nothing about Wolfsbane is innocent. Speak of the devil. The doctor nodded as a stretch hover limo pulled up. A mirrored window whirred down, revealing Wolfsbane's fur-covered face. Miss Tyler, can I offer you a ride? The alien growled. An offer you can't refuse, the doctor muttered under his breath. Find me when you clock out. Rose nodded discreetly. Back into the wolf's den, Rose thought, stepping towards the limo. The door swung open and she slipped inside. At the offices of the Daily Galaxy, Jack Harkness rubbed his tired eyes. He'd never been a desk jockey, yet here he was, the news portal's rising star journalist. Here's the access you were after, Jack. He looked up to see a gorgeous redhead. He took the control key from her. Thanks, Lana. I owe you. Do you ever? When are you taking me to dinner? Jack winked. Name the time. Lana pouted. That's what you said to Diane on the entertainment desk. And Dwayne under the sports desk, Jack thought, watching as Lana sashayed away. Only have eyes for you, he called, snatching up the key. Holding it over the console's control pad, Jack stared as images played over the screen. The whispers attack on the full moon. His jaw clenched as he spotted Rose caught by the blast. And there he was, the itch the doctor had to scratch, the whisper. Jack froze the image. Info windows appeared, information from other attacks, victim postmortems. One minute they were healthy psychopaths and then, zap. Mr. Harkness. Jack looked up and groaned inside. Miss Hewitt, nice to see you. Have you looked into my story? the woman demanded. Down to business, he could appreciate that. If his best friend had gone missing, he'd want someone to look into it. Miss Hewitt, he began, offering her a seat. Daisy, she said. I appreciate your concerns, but I'm not the right guy to talk to, the police. Daisy interrupted. The cops don't care. People go missing in New Vegas all the time. Jack nodded, feigning interest. Daisy Hewitt was a knockout. Raven black hair, doe eyes. She was also crazy with a capital nuts. It doesn't make sense, Mr. Harkness. Jack tried to remember the case. From what you told me, your friend Miss Marsh had just lost her husband. She was distraught. Lillian wouldn't do anything stupid. She was upset, but she wasn't suicidal. She just wanted someone to listen. I know how she feels. I bet you would have told her to go to the cops too. Wolfsbane has the cops in his pocket. Jack cut in, whoa, wait up. What's this got to do with Wolfsbane? The ghost of a smile played across Daisy's lips. Everything, Mr. Harkness. Lillian's husband worked for Wolfsbane. That's how he died. Jack moved his chair closer. Call me Jack. 
It was easy to see how Wolfsbane always got his own way. The sharp teeth were compelling enough, but his force of will was something else again. On the drive back to the full moon, Rose had been grilled about her time in the precinct, thanked for being discreet about the casino's operations, and offered a reward she neither wanted or could refuse. Rose was to be promoted to senior waitress in the private lounge. He'd laid the praise on a bit thick. You're special, Rose. I'm watching out for you. You're gonna go far. Cyrus was watching all right. As evening rolled into night, the gangster watched the monitors above his opulent desk. Usually the screens showed scenes from the hotel, but today every camera was focused on senior waitress Rose Tyler. He didn't want to let her out of his sight. She's on the move, he barked into a microphone. Follow her. The cameras tracked Rose as she headed off for her break across the slots to a side entrance. Wolfsbane's eyes gleamed in the semi-darkness. No escape that way, babe. Cyrus has eyes everywhere. She was out of the casino now, slipping down a side alley looking nervously behind. What makes you so special? Wolfsbane wondered as he watched her go. The cops take you downtown, then release you to that Dixon joker. Why? The picture zoomed out to fill all of the screens, Rose hurrying to meet a tall man leaning against a lamppost. Gotcha. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Rose asked as the doctor marched into a dead-end alley. Of course I do. He snapped back. I've seen all the films, was even in a couple. Good old bogey, the only man who ever beat me at chess. The doctor directed her to stand next to a dumpster and raise her hands. Don't you need a gun or something? She asked. Don't you dare point a banana at me. I've got a gun. What kind of stick up would it be if I didn't have a gun? Here. Rose stifled a laugh. Spud gun. Wizard and Chips, 1978, said the doctor. Now, reach for the sky, sister. Rose snorted. The doctor looked genuinely hurt before trying again. Give me all your dough or I'll fill you full of Maris Piper. You going to scream or what? Rose screamed half-heartedly and then, to wipe the look off the doctor's face, a full-blown shriek. Two blocks away, on the roof of City Hall, the whisper looked up into the night sky. The vigilante cocked his head before sending a grapple line shooting across the highway. He swung from his roost, cape flowing behind. A crime was being committed. Someone would pay. Can I stop now? Rose croaked. The doctor wasn't listening. He stared up towards the wall at the back of the alley, at the figure silhouetted against the stars. The whisper. Told you it would work. The doctor turned back to Rose, brandishing the spud gun theatrically. Hand over your pearls, dame. Above them, 
the whisper throughout his arms, his cape held like a pair of gigantic black wings. He leapt into the air and swooped down at terrifying speed, gliding gracefully on the billowing cloak. Rose called for the doctor to look out, but he stood his ground, only ducking as the vigilante soared harmlessly over his head. Oi! Where are you going? The doctor called, face darkening when he realized what was happening. Across the boulevard, a graffiti artist was oblivious to the approaching danger. Shaking his can, he only turned when the doctor ran out in the first of 12 lanes, yelling at him to run. His eyes widened as he saw the whisper barreling towards him. He stumbled backwards. The whisper landed nimbly and strode towards the petrified street artist. You have committed a crime, he hissed. Justice must be served. <laughs> The doctor was too late. The boy's now leathery corpse was already smoking on the sidewalk by the time he'd made it across the road. Without waiting, the whisper fired another grappling hook and was winched up to the rooftops. Is he? Rose asked, running close behind. Dead, replied the doctor. Killed for street art. He watched the vigilante disappearing over the top of the building. Come on. The doctor ran over to a hover bike chained to a nearby lamppost. A blast of the sonic got rid of the chain. Another started the engine. You coming? He called over the growl of the engine. Rose swung herself up behind the doctor. Do you have a choice? The doctor didn't answer. He opened the throttle and the bike jerked forward. Shouldn't you be steering with two hands? She yelled as the bike weaved between lanes of traffic. The doctor wasn't even looking at the road ahead. He was staring up at the rooftops, Sonic held high. The whisper leapt from roof to roof, 20 stories up. It's more than just the underworld now, the doctor said, swerving to avoid a refuse truck. The whisper's taking out the little guys. Petty crooks, small-time grifters. Graffiti artists, added Rose. The police have known about it for a while, said the doctor. McNeil honestly doesn't know what to do. The press love the whisper. A hero clearing up the town, sending viewing figures and circulation through the roof. The chief knows the truth. Zero tolerance. Whatever the crime, Rose completed. It stops today. The doctor pulled the bike into a turn, screaming into a side alley, bombing out onto the next highway, the whisper just ahead. But losing the vigilante was the least of their problems. The bike swerved as the doctor banked to avoid the stream of bullets that hailed towards them. Rose turned to see a black hover limo closing on them, a gunman hanging from a window. Friends of yours? The doctor called. It had to be Wolfsbane's men. Hang on! The doctor pointed the screwdriver under the hover pads. The bike shot into the air, climbing fast. Is he supposed to do this? Rose yelled, grabbing the doctor's jacket. The doctor laughed. Not in the slightest! That's why, he cried out, 
amusement banished from his voice as they plummeted down. Rose pressed her face into his back, listening to the sound of the sonic working frantically, imagining the road rushing up towards them. Then the bike righted, engines screaming as the doctor dropped them down between two buildings. What now? Rose asked as they landed. They'll be looking for us. I shorted out the flight gyros, he admitted, getting to work. Just need a tweak. Give me strength, Rose thought, staring up at the heavens. Above them, a giant screen was promoting an alien boxing match. One fighter had four arms. That had to be cheating. Uh, Doctor, Rose said, kicking the Time Lord turned mechanic. Ow! Kind of busy here? You need to look at this. Moaning, the doctor pushed himself from under the bike, his voice trailing off when he saw what had replaced the boxing. The screen was showing a man with a long face and a mess of hair, wearing a bow tie and tweed jacket and holding a piece of card with Calling the Doctor scrawled in red crayon. The doctor staggered to his feet as the giant figure waved enthusiastically down at them. Oh no, he moaned under his breath. Hey up, Doctor lad, or something like that, the strange man said, his voice booming over the speakers. Now I haven't got long, and before you have a go, yes I know this is breaking several laws of time, but this is important, extremely important, listen to me, McNeil must live. Yes, yes, I know he's a misguided idiot, but when he becomes the mayor of New Vegas, he... Well, that's for me to know and you to find out. Mum's the word. <laughs> Just make sure nothing happens to him, okay? Cheers, ears. Then he was gone. The screen once again showing two aliens knocking chunks out of each other. What was that about? Rose asked. He was talking about McNeil. I heard the doctor said, getting back to work. He winced as he heard the screen fizz again. Sorry about the ears thing, by the way. The bow tie wearing idiot said, his face creased in concern. Just something Pond used to say. Nothing personal. Fantastic, the doctor muttered. It was the first time Rose had ever heard him say it with a complete lack of enthusiasm. Dixon! They found us! shouted Rose as Wolfsbane's limo cruised into the alley, the gangster leering out of the open window. I just want to talk to you! he called. Yeah, sounds like it! retorted the doctor. The doctor shouted, On you get! Rose jumped up behind the doctor as he gunned the engine, the bike lurching into the air. After them, boys! snarled Wolfsbane. The car roared after the bike. Look! shouted the doctor. Ahead, a familiar figure leapt from one building to another. Now we've got you! Wolfsbane's nearly got us! called Rose. The limo was almost on them, the gangster's guns at the ready. The bike's entertainment system suddenly crackled into life, Wolfsbane's growling drawl breaking through. Dixon, pull over. Let's talk about this in civilized surroundings. The doctor glared at the speaker. It's rude to break into somebody's comms array, and it's Doctor. Doctor Dixon, what's in a name? Replied Wolfsbane. 
Plenty, said the doctor, moving to kill the channel. What's that? asked Rose. Sounds like a signal. The shadowy figure of the Whisper had vanished round the side of an apartment block. That's exactly what it is, said the doctor. Good spot, Rose. What does it mean? she asked. It means, began the doctor, but broke off as a bullet pinged off the bike. Time to dial 999! The doctor pulled into a turn, ploughing across a sidewalk and into a line of oncoming traffic. Horns blared, but the doctor weaved expertly between the panicked vehicles. Evil Knievel taught me everything I know, he said. The bike bobbed in front of a bus. Rose felt the heat of the headlamps, saw the alarmed look on the driver's face. Then they were past, skimming low onto the opposite sidewalk towards a familiar building. The bike roared up the steps of police headquarters and straight through the automatically opening doors. The doctor heaved back on the handlebars, the bike skidding into a wide arc. Police and perps diving to safety as they shrieked into the reception. Rose was thrown from her seat as the bike smashed into an information stand, finally coming to a halt against the wall. She opened her eyes to see leaflets fluttering around the doctor. He grabbed one of the papers and waved it happily. Road safety on New Vegas! He read with a big grin. Will you wait a minute? Rose asked as the doctor barged through into the open plan detective's pool, snatching a holovid player from a surprised cop's hands. And that? He muttered, liberating a comms unit from an empty desk. What are you doing? urged Rose, thinking. By the time he'd reached the far side of the room, his arms were full of gadgets. He dumped them on a desk, pulled out the sonic and began working. Rose sat and gave him one of her looks. The doctor sighed. If I'm right, and I am, the signal we heard on the radio is some kind of modulating beacon. From the whisper. Why would he have a beacon? He ignored the question. And if I'm brilliant, and I am, I can whip up a modulating beacon detector. Rose grinned. A whisperer sniffer outer. Exactly, said the doctor. Inspector. The doctor groaned as McNeil strode across the office. Yes, boss. What can we do for you? McNeil glared accusingly. There have been four whisper attacks in the last hour, and reports of car chases around the city. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you? The doctor buzzed the sonic. Don't worry about the whisper, Jimbo. Got it covered. The commissioner looked like he was going to complain, but the doctor absently whipped out his psychic paper. Remember this? Complete authority from Earth. Leave the bad guy to us. McNeil looked as if he was going to speak, but changed his mind. He frowned, took one last look at the doctor's contraption, and stalked back to his office. The doctor fused one wire to another, then beamed when the Holovid player's screen lit up. That's it, said Rose. Am I brilliant or am I brilliant, said the doctor. You're brilliant, Rose grinned. Just got to narrow the beam, then we track this bad boy to his lair. As the Doctor and Rose concentrated on the device, they didn't notice McNeil grab his hat and raincoat and hurry out of his office. With a glance back, he slipped away from the detective pool.
Wolfsbane's office was shrouded in darkness, the lights of New Vegas casting crazy patterns through the window. The door handle rattled, but the door remained closed. A second later, a whine came from the other side and the door vanished in a flash of concentric blue rectangles. Jack stepped through the open space, brandishing a silver sonic blaster. Glad the doctor didn't know I had a spare, he grinned. Daisy sidled in beside him and walked straight over to the computer console on the desk. Jack altered a setting on the blaster and pointed it where the door had been. He pulled the trigger, and in a flash of blue, the door reappeared. Daisy raised an elegant eyebrow. Digital rewind, he explained as he joined her at the computer. Hope we can get out as easily as we got in. Wolfsbane's heavies must be busy. Yeah, said Daisy. She tapped the interface pad with a manicured finger. I think we can hack into the moon's security net. New Vegas law requires all casino activity to be monitored. Handy, commented Jack as Daisy began to speed through footage. Can you jump to the date Lillian went missing? That's what I'm doing. The screen showed a parade of gamblers moving at a comedic speed around the casino. Stop, snapped Jack. The screen froze. That's Lillian, said Daisy. She's with Wolfsbane and his goons, said Jack. Must be after hours. Play it. Who the hell are you to come barging into my casino, making accusations against a respectable businessman? Complained Wolfsbane on the screen. I should report you to the cops. An attractive woman with blonde bobbed hair was striding back and forth before Wolfsbane. She's ballsy, going in there alone, admired Jack. That's Lillian. Lillian turned on Wolfsbane. What have you done with my husband? The gangster's canine features creased into mock innocence. I have no idea what you are talking about. Your hubby stopped turning up for work. I assumed he'd found alternative employment. Ralph wouldn't do that. He was a hard worker. I don't know why he wanted to work for a lowlife like you, but he... Watch your mouth, growled Wolfsbane. But now you come to mention it. This is ringing a bell. Wolfsbane stepped towards Lillian, forcing her back into the arms of one of his minders, a nasty-looking feline with a scar across its eye. Wolfsbane grinned. Oh, yeah. Ralph was a hard worker. Until I asked him to do a little overtime. A job over at the air generation plant. Just some innocent sabotage. Lillian's face drained of color. Sabotage? The gangster continued. But he wouldn't do it. And when people don't do what I ask, they get paid off permanently. You... you killed him, said Lillian, almost inaudible over the speakers. Wolfsbane cocked his head. Such a vulgar word. 
Lillian struggled against the arms that held her. Murderer! I'm going to the cops! Wolfsbane barked a deep, throaty laugh. What'll they do? I own this city. Boys, take this broad to the dorm limits and dump her outside. There are no fishes out there. But you'll do plenty of sleeping with no atmosphere. Jack watched, stony-faced, as a sobbing Lillian was led away. The gang boss laughed, lighting a large e-cigar. The screen froze. He killed her, said Daisy flatly. Jack's gut churned. We should get out of here, but I gotta make a call first. The doctor brought his borrowed hoverbike to a smooth halt. They were in a residential district on the outskirts of town. On the back, Rose held the tracking device. You sure this is the place? Asked the doctor, climbing down. According to the tracker, this is Whisper Central. Rose eyed the line of apartments. Not exactly Wayne Manor, is it? Rose's mobile rang and the doctor rolled his eyes. If that's your mother, we're not in. Rose retrieved the phone. It's Jack. Put it on speaker. Jack, it's the doctor. Jack's voice crackled. Doctor, I've got some information on Wolfsbane. Go ahead. The lead I've been following on Lillian Marsh and her missing husband. Wolfsbane's been playing a murder game. Rose felt sick. He's what? He had Ralph killed after he refused to sabotage the air generation plant. The doctor looked to the darkened sky. That could explain the weather. Jack continued. Then he had his boys dump Lillian outside the dome. She wouldn't have stood a chance. That's why the Whisper must be after Wolfsbane, said Rose. It was after Wolfsbane. Now it's gunning for anybody who so much as drops trash. The phone crackled. Still there. Good work, Jack, said the doctor. Where are you? At the full moon, I... The line went dead. Jack cut off the call as soon as he heard someone outside. He pulled Daisy to the side of the door. It opened, a shadow of the newcomer thrown against the carpet. Then the door was shut. That was close, sighed Jack. I'm not complaining, breathed Daisy, pulling him into a passionate kiss. Hardly the time and place, thought Jack. Her hand ran through his hair, moving down to his neck, the cold metal of a ring brushing against his skin. There was a sharp jab of pain. Jack staggered back out of the embrace, his vision blurring. You're a knockout, he slurred before crashing to the floor. Think Jack will be okay? Rose asked. Rain was falling again, but the doctor didn't seem to notice. He stomped up the street, the tracker held in front of him. Jack's always okay, he said, peering at each house in turn. It's nearby. Yeah, but why out in the sticks? Asked Rose. It don't look like crime central to me. Everything's a crime to the whisper now, said the doctor. 
The doctor was off at the first sound, rose right behind him. He came up short outside a house, reading the sign at the smashed gate. McNeil. They exchanged a look, then belted up the path. Oh no, you don't, cried the doctor as he and Rose barged through the door. McNeil was held in the whisper's vice-like grip, face livid as the life was crushed from him. The doctor dived forward, grabbing the vigilante's arm. With a casual flick, the masked man swatted the doctor away, sending him crashing into a dining table. As the doctor struggled to his feet, Rose grabbed a heavy trophy from a table and swung it at the whisper's head. The vigilante stumbled forward, releasing McNeil. And then the whisper was on Rose, knocking the trophy from her hand, pushing her against the wall, framed photos tumbling from a sideboard. The masked face leered close, a sudden stench of decay stinging Rose's eyes. She tried to push his head back, her nails digging into the mask. Justice will be served, the whisper hissed. Pick on someone your own size. The doctor lunged from where he'd fallen, grabbed the whisper and spun him round. The vigilante lost his balance, stumbling back, the wide-brimmed hat rolling away. From the floor, McNeil raised a hand. Stop! You'll hurt her! The doctor looked round in confusion. Her? Doctor, look! Rose stumbled forward, brandishing the mask that had been ripped off in her hand. The doctor could only gape as the whisper's head snapped around, revealing the face of a young woman. Lillian. Her eyes were open but sightless, lips tinged dark blue. The macabre, expressionless features were gaunt, bleached grey-white skin pulled tight. Rose glanced down at one of the fallen pictures. There was no mistaking the pretty girl with the bobbed hair standing smiling next to McNeil. The girl's mouth dropped open. Justice! She raised a hand, energy bursting from her fingers, aimed right at Rose. McNeil launched himself forward, barging against the unmasked vigilante. The shot went wide and the commissioner was thrown across the room. The whisper whirled around. Justice will be served on all of you! The suited figure turned and dived through the glass doors at the back of the room, cloak billowing in its wake. The doctor ran forward, but the whisper had escaped into the night. He turned back, face like thunder. Rose had seen that face before, and it scared her. She held up the picture of McNeil with the girl. I saw. The doctor walked over to McNeil. No wonder he was so keen to stitch you up. Nice little scapegoat, probably hoped to put me off the scent, eh, chief? You were getting close. Too close. Well, I'm all ears now. Talk. The commissioner sighed, slumping where he sat. I always seemed to be alone. Even in the old days, it was just me and the job. I barely remember my wife leaving. But there was always Lillian, sticking by a pop. But... The police chief looked up at the doctor and rose, pain in his eyes. I haven't seen her for months. We argued. She'd fallen in love with the wrong guy. Ralph Marsh. A two-bit hood in Wolfsbane's pocket. Lily said he was trying to change, but I didn't listen. 
too wrapped up with trying to bring down Wolfsbane's operation to see what was important. Probably why her mother left. McNeil balled a fist into his hand, a flash of anger. Rose stepped forward, wanting to do something, but the doctor held her back. Why couldn't I just be happy for her? She never came back, hates me that much. <sighs> heard she got married in some back alley chapel. That was the last I heard. Until she came home? The doctor cut in. McNeil nodded. I heard something out back. Where Lily used to sneak back in as a kid. I was so happy. I thought my girl had come home. But when I went out to see... You found Lillian's corpse, said the doctor. Her living corpse. McNeil said nothing. Rose's blood ran cold. So she was what? A zombie? Worse, the doctor said. She'd been chucked outside the bubble by Wolfsbane, probably roughed up first. Must have been seconds away from death when it found her. Rose swallowed hard. This was giving her the creeps. When... What found her? A star marshal, the doctor replied. I've met them before. Biomechanical lawmen who patrol this part of space. Not for the Earth Empire, but the neighboring Mignala Collective, a union of non-human worlds. McNeil's voice was as lifeless as his daughter. It crashed on the other side of the moon a few years back. We knew about it, but it was harmless. It had been crawling towards the city when it found... McNeil faltered again, but the doctor finished his story. It found Lillian. When damaged, the marshals can merge with others to continue their war on crime. But by the look of Lillian, they were both too far gone. The resulting life form must have been confused driven mad with pain. It found its way back into the bubble, came home. McNeil rocked back and forth. She, it, asked me for instructions. My little girl had come back to me, but she was broken. I should have ended it, but I, I just couldn't. I saw I saw... The doctor stepped in, disgust written all over his face. You saw an opportunity. McNeil didn't look up. When she was a kid, Lily loved hollow comics. Caped crusaders waging war on crime. You used that memory, prompted the doctor, barely keeping his temper in check. Spotted a chance to Clean up the city, sending her out against Wolfsbane, turning your own daughter into a weapon. I was angry. I wanted to go downtown and put a bullet in Wolfsbane's head to tell everyone that a line had been drawn, that everything had changed. The doctor snorted with bitter laughter. Stupid, stupid apes. Doctor, Rose warned, but the Time Lord ignored her. You hit me, I'll hit you harder. Like that ever works. I lost everything. Do you even know what that feels like? The doctor looked as if he was about to respond, but stopped. When he spoke again, his voice was softer, the outrage tempered. 
Nothing makes sense. You do things you never thought possible. McNeil looked up for the first time, searching the doctor's face. You don't recognize yourself anymore. The doctor swallowed. And you can never go back. But she was attacking him, cut in Rose. It's damaged. The doctor turned his attention to the tracker. Core programming scrambled. It's confused. Alone. That signal? Calling for backup. But the transmitter's too weak to get off planet. It wants orders. And I gave her plenty. But she's gone too far. Decided all crimes are punishable by death. From the smallest misdemeanor to mass homicide. And you tried to stop her, Rose realized. Told her to stop and she tried to kill you. It's worse than that, said the doctor softly, the tracker beeping into life. He tried to control her. Again. The final betrayal. What's left of Lillian's mind has gone over the edge, taking the marshal with it. She, they, have decided that everyone is guilty. No one is innocent. On all of you. Rose said suddenly, remembering the Whisper's words. She said justice will be served on all of you. She moved to the doctor's side, watching a green blob moving swiftly over the map on the screen. What's this? The doctor asked McNeil, thrusting the device in the lawman's face and tapping a blocky graphic. McNeil struggled to focus. The city's atmospheric generator. The doctor's face was grim. The Whisper is going to shut down the new Vegas containment bubble. Sentence has been passed. Everyone dies. Jack groaned. That must have been one hell of a night. Then a voice, growling, guttural. Wolfsbane. Wakey, wakey, rise and shine. Keep the noise down, complained Jack, opening his eyes. He was sitting on a chair, arms bound tightly behind. A figure loomed over him. No, two figures. Wolfsbane, sharp teeth and even sharper suit. And behind him, Daisy. Poor Jack, she purred, playing with the ring on her index finger. Feeling under the weather? Jack shook his head, suckered by a pretty smile, again. His mouth was dry. Let me guess. Hypo in the ring? Knocked you out cold, said Wolfsbane. My Daisy did well. She always does. Jack groaned. She works for you? Wolfsbane laughed. Everybody works for me. I've been on to you, the Tyler Broad, and this doctor guy as soon as you started sniffing around. You could have taken us out at any time, said Jack. Wolfsbane shrugged his broad shoulders. Course I could, but where would have been the fun in that? Besides, you were my best chance. Jack frowned. Of what? Of finding out what the hell is going on. 
This whisper guy comes out of nowhere, gives me grief, and then you mugs turn up, sticking your nose in. Figures if I left you alone long enough. Jack laughed. We'd do the dirty work. Find out who he is. I wanted to see how far this doctor would go. Wolfsbane sniffed. I kind of get the impression he's not exactly a cop. He isn't exactly kind of anything, conceded Jack. Wolfsbane pulled an e-cigar from his suit pocket, the end automatically burning red. What now? asked Jack. The gangster sucked on the smokeless cigar. Now you tell me everything you and your doctor know about the Whisper. And then you die. I hope I don't bleed all over your fancy casino carpets, said Jack, feigning bravado. What makes you think we are at the casino? snorted Wolfsbane. Jack looked around, taking in the network of pipes above his head. Gas hissed through the grills, silver tanks rising up on either side of the room. I did wonder where the roulette wheels were, he said. Daisy slinked over. We're at the atmospheric generator, honey. No one knows you're here. How did you get in? Jack asked. Won't the owners be annoyed? I am the owner, said Wolfsbane. Thanks to Bad Wolf Holdings, a little off-planet consortium. Jack suddenly realized. So the bad weather... Wolfsbane took a mocking bow. A warning, showing the mayor who runs this town. Chief McNeil, well, he's been getting a little too close for comfort, trying to shut me down. It's persecution, that's what it is, Jack. I'm just a legitimate businessman, trying to make a living. And if you don't get what you want, Jack said, you turn off the air supply. Wolfsbane smirked as he took a drag on the e-cigar. Maybe the suburbs first, but it'll never come to that. Now, tell me about the... Daisy's scream cut off the discussion. She pointed up to a gantry. Someone's up there. It's him, Wolfie. He's come for us. Jack peered up, trying to make out the movement through the steam. She was right. There was someone up there. Someone wearing a sharp suit, a long cloak. Someone with blue crackling energy dancing around gloved hands. Heavies swarmed around Wolfsbane, protecting their boss. What are you waiting for, Ice the Freak? He barked. The Whisper didn't wait for them to raise their guns. Justice. It hissed. McNeil's hovercar glided to a halt outside a large industrial plant, silver towers riding up to the inner surface of the bubble high above. The doctor leapt out, the tracker in his hand, rose close behind. This is the place, 
he shouted. She's inside. McNeil clambered out of the driver's side. We've got to stop her. The doctor didn't respond. He had brandished the sonic, but didn't need it. The gates were already open. A figure sprawled behind them, its withered arms stretched forward. Oh, Lillian. What have you done? The doctor turned on him. Your daughter no longer exists. Her mind is slave to a machine, trapped in a cycle of justice and punishment. Do you see this? Another corpse. It's draining the life force of its victims to stay alive. Do you get what you've done? Do you? Rose stepped in front of McNeil. Doctor, he gets it, okay? The doctor threw down the tracker. Don't need that anymore. Come on, Rose. They sprinted away, McNeil starting after them. Not you, Chief, the doctor said, coming to a halt, the message from the hollow sign echoing in his ears. McNeil must live, whatever he'd done. This is as far as you go. <sighs> but... No buts. Just listen for once. I can help. If there's anything of Lillian left in there... There isn't, insisted the doctor. You don't know that, cut in Rose. The doctor looked from one face to the other. Humans. All right, let's go. Arms still bound, Jack threw himself to the side, causing both himself and the chair to topple over, crashing down onto the metal floor. Jack had no idea what he was going to do next, but at least it was progress, he hoped. Another body hit the deck. Wolfsbane's men were being cut down. The crime lord himself was backed against the control panel in the far wall, Daisy cringing beside him. There was a flap of a cloak from above and... The whisper landed inches from Jack, but ignored him, stalking towards Wolfsbane. The gangster grabbed Daisy and pulled her in front of him, using her as a shield, gun outstretched. As it strode nearer, the vigilante raised its head to stare at its prey with dead eyes. No! Wolfsbane cried out, recognition flickering over his canine features as he looked upon the face of his attacker. Stay away from me! Stay away! Wolfsbane emptied his gun into the Whisper, who bucked under the assault but didn't drop. All the time, Daisy was struggling to free herself from the Wolfman's embrace, her face gripped in one of his huge paws. When Wolfsbane's gun clicked empty, she saw her chance and bit down hard. <laughs> Daisy pushed herself out of Wolfsbane's clutches and ran, kicking off her high heels. She didn't get far, not taking its eyes off Wolfsbane. The whisper shot up a hand. Energy spat from its fingers, blasting into Daisy. The smoking body collapsed to the ground. Wolfsbane faced up to the creature. What's it gonna take? Money? I got money. I can give you the whole city. <laughs> the whisper whipped around, its hand finding Wolfsbane's throat, energy arcing over black gloves. Please. Wolfsbane gagged. The whisper rasped. Justice will be served. Lillian! The doctor shouted as he, Rose and McNeil sprinted onto the gantry above. Jack's head snapped up. Rose, help Jack! The doctor ordered. 
You took your time! Jack shouted as Rose clattered down the metal stairs and started working the knots on his restraints. Behind them, the Whisper's head had turned to glare at the Doctor and her father. This ends. It hissed. It still held a gagging wolfsbane in its vice-like grip, its other hand hovering over a computer console. Energy sparked between its fingers and the screen. High above, the whine of the generators dropped. It was accessing the plant's central control. The doctor raised a hand. Yes, Lillian, it does. Your dad thinks you're still in there. Are you? The whisper regarded the doctor with unseeing eyes. There will be justice for Wolfsbane, for you. The city is corrupt, father said. I said a lot of things, Lily. I was wrong. The doctor nodded. So was I. I said you were gone, but you're not. Your father made a mistake. Don't make another one. The whisper paused, the energy licking the computer screen fading for a second as Lillian's milky eyes searched the doctor's face. Now's your chance, Chief, the doctor whispered. McNeil stepped forward. Lillian, do you remember asking me what Daddy did all day? I told you I put bad people away, kept the city safe. The Whisper's face twitched. But it's not just bad people, Lily. Good people make mistakes. I made a mistake. You came to me and I saw a chance to strike back at people like him. You and me against the world. But it wasn't right. Sweetheart, you remember me teaching you about doing the right thing? About justice? The whisper cocked its head. Justice. Right. Thing. Wolfsbane will be punished. But not like this. Let him go, the doctor said quietly, gesturing to the struggling Wolfsbane, who looked on the verge of passing out. Let everyone go, Lillian. Let them go. The whisper hissed, its grip loosening ever so slightly. Enough for Wolfsbane to strike. No one had noticed him grabbing for the laser probe on the console until it was embedded in the whisper's side. The gangster had got lucky, hitting a vital biomechanical system, and a spark of blue fire blazed from the wound. As McNeil shouted out in surprise and grief, the whisper crumpled to its knees. Wolfsbane staggering into a run, gasping for breath. McNeil fell beside his daughter's limp body, scooping her into his arms. The doctor was beside him, sweeping his sonic screwdriver over the whisper's chest. He looked at the police chief and shook his head. Hold her. Daddy. The vigilante hissed. Daddy. I can't see. Why can't I see? McNeil pulled her to him, rocking her. I'm here, honey. Daddy's here. Everything's going to be okay. The doctor stood, watching, waiting. 
Daddy. Daddy, I'm sorry. I'm... Lillian's eyes flickered and closed. They didn't open again. No, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> the doctor stepped away from the sobbing father, giving him space. No matter what McNeil had done, he deserved a moment to grieve, needed a moment to grieve. The doctor understood that. He walked away to find Rose still struggling with Jack's knots. Haven't you done that yet? He asked, keeping his voice at a respectful volume. Rose was never a girl guide, Jack commented, still trying to pull his hands free. All right, Rose said. Mum thought it was a waste of time. The doctor just gave her a look and pulled at the ropes, which fell away. Rose rolled her eyes as Jack thanked him, going to stand before nearly toppling over. Rose stepped forward to catch him. Whatever they gave you, you've still got enough in your system to knock out a jadoon. A what? Rose asked. Never mind, the doctor said, helping Jack stand. Put your head between your legs and no smart comments, doctor's orders. Rose looked up. Where's McNeil? The doctor jumped to his feet. No, the chief had gone after Wolfsbane. He will be punished, the doctor said, recalling McNeil's words. Oh no, stay with Jack. The doctor tore through the maze of walkways, muttering three words under his breath as he ran. McNeil must live. McNeil must live. He saw them as he scrambled around a giant silver gas tank. Two figures on a gantry ahead, silhouetted against a curtain of steam. The doctor slowed, stepping forward gently. Wolfsbane was backed against a break in the railing, a safety chain keeping him from tumbling to the floor far below. McNeil stood before the crime boss, gun pointing straight at Wolfsbane's barrel chest. Enter the road, Wolfsbane. Turn around. The gangster raised his paws and smirked. Okay, okay, you've had your fun. Do what you want. Arrest me. My lawyer will have me out in ten minutes flat. Who says I want to arrest you? Turn around. Wolfsbane's furry face fell. No, wait a minute. Turn around. The chief shot forward, grabbing Wolfsbane's shoulder and shoving him around to face the yawning drop below. The gangster shouted out, grabbing for the handrail. McNeil responded with a sharp pistol whip to the back of Wolfsbane's neck. The wolfman's knees buckled and he lurched against the lawman. The two were now leaning bodily against the safety chain, McNeil's gun against Wolfsbane's stunned head. The doctor stepped forward. Chief, whatever you're thinking, you don't want to do this. McNeil's cold eyes fixed on the doctor. What do you know about what I want? The doctor raised a placating hand. I know enough. An eye for an eye never works, trust me, I know. Wolfsbane is a murderer, I get that. He's done terrible things. Again, no arguments from me. 
He needs to pay for his crimes, but please don't end it this way. Bring him to justice. Send that message. Draw that line. Wolfsbane groaned as McNeil continued to stare at the doctor. The gangster tried to push himself away from the lawman, snatching at the safety chain. All it would take was for Wolfsbane to regain his balance and push against McNeil. The doctor took another step, and McNeil brought his gun up to face the Time Lord. Stay back! The doctor froze. Please, Chief, listen to me. Oh, I have, Doctor. Send that message. Draw the line. Make him pay for his crimes. The Chief twisted, pointing his gun at the safety chain. For both our crimes! Wolfsbane roared in fear as the chain disappeared behind McNeil. He tried to pull himself away, but the Chief's grip was too tight. Lawman and gangster tumbled back, McNeil's gun falling from his hand. No! The doctor cried, throwing himself forward, grabbing for McNeil. He scrambled across the gantry, his fingers finding McNeil's ankle. He grabbed hold and was yanked forward over the edge. He shot out his other hand, finding the cold metal of the rail. The three men jolted to a halt, Wolfsbane clutching at McNeil's arm, claws digging into the chief's flesh. Pull us up, he roared. I'll give you anything you want. Just get me up. But McNeil was trying to kick against the doctor's grip. Let me go. Let me take him with me. No way. The doctor hissed, every muscle in his arms screaming with the effort. Not like this. What does it matter to you if I die? More than you know. The doctor felt the fabric of McNeil's trouser legs slipping through his hand. Help me out here, Chief. For Lillian. Use the chain. For a second, McNeil looked like he might kick against the doctor, but instead grabbed the chain with his free hand. The doctor started to heave but was pulled further forward when Wolfsbane tried to clamber up the police commissioner like a human ladder. Cyrus, no! The doctor yelled. You'll have us all over, just stop! But it was too late. The doctor lost his grip on the rail and pitched forward, slipping over the edge. His fingers scrabbled against the metal floor, desperately trying to find purchase. And a hand found his. He glanced back to see Rose, holding onto the rail for all she was worth, holding him back. Rose Tyler, his anchor, grabbing his hand like he'd once grabbed hers. There was a terrified cry as they jolted to a halt. The doctor's head snapped forward and he saw Wolfsbane lose his grip on McNeil. For a second, the gangster seemed to hang in mid-air and then, almost gracefully, tumbled away, down, down down, screaming all the way, finally vanishing through a billowing cloud of gas. Clenching his teeth, the doctor held on tight to Rose and began hauling McNeil to safety. Thought you'd forgotten about me, Jack said woozily as the doctor, Rose and McNeil arrived back at the platform. The doctor grinned. Sorry, we were just hanging out. Rose touched the doctor's arm, pointing him towards McNeil, who had wandered over to where his daughter still lay. You did the right thing, said the doctor, walking over to stand next to McNeil. Whatever happens now, 
always remember that in the end, you did the right thing. I did the right thing. A voice rang out across the factory. Nobody move! A squad of armed police clattered onto the platform. Rose and Jack raised their hands. McNeil turned to his men. Stand down, O'Hara. Everything's under control. The lead officer saw his chief and nodded, ordering his men to holster their weapons. McNeil stood before the doctor. Doctor, what do I do? The doctor smiled sadly and shook his head. Not for me to say. It's up to you now, chief. McNeil nodded. He held the doctor's gaze, then turned to face his officers and held out his hands. O'Hara, arrest me. The officer's face creased in confusion. Sir? You heard. Read me my rights and cuff me. On what charge, Chief? For colluding with the masked vigilante known as the Whisper, and as an accessory to murder. Justice must be served. O'Hara looked to the doctor for confirmation. The doctor shrugged. He's your boss. As O'Hara began to cuff McNeil, the doctor and the chief shared a look. No more words were necessary. So, are we done? Asked Jack, still slightly shaky on his feet. No more playing cops and reporters? And waitresses, added Rose, with more than a little warning in her voice. But the doctor was still watching McNeil being led away. A broken man. Behind them, more officers were gathering around the Whisper's body. The doctor smiled sadly. He'll make a brilliant mayor of New Vegas one day. Jack was confused. Mayor? I don't get it. How do you... The doctor smiled, cutting him off. Come on, these people have work to do, and I'm starving. How's about a good old-fashioned New Vegas breakfast? Above them, the first beams of an artificial morning were streaming over the city. And then? Then? Asked Rose. The doctor looked up into the sky, out beyond the protective dome that kept the city safe. There are worlds out there. So many worlds. He looked expectantly at his companions. What do you say, Rose? Said Jack. Want to visit a few? Rose locked eyes with the doctor. Trip of a lifetime? She asked. Trip of a lifetime? The doctor nodded. Those sometimes hard features softening into that big, silly grin. Fantastic! Doctor Who, Night of the Whisper, by Cavan Scott and Mark Wright, was performed by Nicholas Briggs, with John Schwab as McNeil, and is a Big Finish production for Audio Go.